Hello guys and welcome to episode two of Whips and Giggles. I'm Lanny. And I'm Jake. And we're back for, hey. for episode two. Very exciting. Long awaited. Sorry about the delay, guys. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> been like, when are, you, when are you recording the next one? When are you recording the next one? It's actually nice, all that. I've, I've enjoyed that people actually genuinely want to listen to us. Uh-huh. And yeah. then it's made us even more excited to get back and really get going with it, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. yeah. So what have we been up to then, man? Well, not a lot. We've So we sit down before each podcast and we're like, what are we going to talk about this time? We have a bit of a theme, whatnot. And then we've been like, been quite a quiet month, hasn't it? And yeah. I think there has been a couple of reasons for it, which I think we're going to dive into a little mm. bit. We do kind of want to go around, have a bit of a discussion around mental health on this on this episode. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess what's been going on, so... I mean, we we swore in the first episode that we were going to make this a sort of diary for us, didn't we? And I think mm-hmm. it's only fair that we're really honest about how we actually are feeling, as well as not just all the kinky stuff we get up to and all the dicks and all the fannies <laughs> and yep. all, the, all the other jargon. I want to be real for the fact of being real as well. Uh, like the podcast itself serves as our diary, as well mm-hmm. as it serves as everything else that we want to make fun of and whatever. And I think the last, I don't want to say like, two months but like maybe a month and a half mm, something like that mm. maybe a little bit after the first podcast maybe a little bit before mm. dotted here and there and then gradually going worse and better both of us have been a bit all over the place haven't we yeah mentally? for sure yeah i started off with being ill like just consistently ill like it's been going around for quite a lot of people where i'd be like really bad cold and flu and then i'd be like a good for a few days and then it'd get worse and so i just felt like pretty crap all the time yeah so that was affecting like i guess what we wanted to get up to in terms of kink um and we were just focusing on our own lives making sure that we were being productive in every other area of our life, work, mm. working out, that kind of thing. So my focus definitely went onto that to try and make myself feel better. And it was also giving a knock-on on my mental health, for sure. My anxiety got pretty bad over a couple of days, didn't it? Um, and then, yeah, th- it, that was more it for me. Um, I think yours is, I guess, a bit deeper than that. Mine's a bit more surface uh, level. I mean, it, it's a weird one, isn't it, for, for everyone? Because like, I think... Like, as a general up and down, my mental health is always just going to be up and down regardless. No matter what I do, I need to... And it's just about how I manage and bounce back from that. Mm-hmm. And there's a really good saying that, that Chris from um, uh, Modern Wisdom said. Mm. He said, a green flag in someone is how quickly they bounce back from having any sort of mental stress. So, like, if they're going through something, a green flag is if they're within, you know, six to 12 hours, they can return to some level of base level. I am paraphrasing a little bit there, but sometimes you know that it's a little bit deeper when it takes you a few days. Yeah. And for me, it has a knock-on effect for everything. Not just, it, it, kink being one of them, like, it mm-hmm. doesn't really have an effect on our just general vanilla sex life. No, no. We that, keep that consistent because it's a core part of who we are and we yeah. know that that's really important. Yeah, because even like even if that's the bare amount of intimacy that we can give mm. each other in that respect, as well as listening to each other and just being loving and attentive and stuff mm-hmm. like that, then that to me is like a baseline. I mm-hmm. know that, that it will return me to some level of normality if we mm-hmm. can just, you know have a bit of a chill out, watch something on Netflix and then have sex and then, you know, just fucking sit and watch TikToks in bed like we always do every single fucking <laughs> Tick- night. TikTok time, TikTok we call time, it, in bed every fu- night. You're so kinky that you put four fucking teddies on me every <laughs> night in a specific order. Like, my the fucking child you are. Yeah, my inner child comes out. I'm not really into DGLG, but I think there's one element of me that's that a, definitely is, and that, that's with teddies. I'm a bit obsessed. It's kind of weird. I don't even want Jamie to know about DGLG. We'll get him. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's got to deal with so much over these coming episodes that he's fucking he doesn't his innocent mind doesn't need warping yet no no i think for me my my mental health has been um up and down because like i I have a problem with feeling reward Mm -hmm. and i've said this to you many a time Mm -hmm. and i know a lot of people can resonate with that i could be doing so much fucking successful stuff and doing things that genuinely further me as a person i without fail i go gym four days a week Mm -hmm. that's part of my baseline i'll try and do stand-up comedy twice a week whether that's open mic or trying to get a gig or whatever, I will then try and put some form of, you know, work in, try and get as much work as I possibly can, and then I'll make sure that we've got something in for the week. Mm-hmm. And that's my but my seven days in a week, is that's, that's how it goes. But even when I'm doing all of these things, some part of my body's still saying to me, like, I don't feel well and I don't feel right. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes me feel tired. It makes me feel like 
shit about myself. It makes me feel like I've got no fucking energy to to want to do things. It kills my sex drive. Mm-hmm. It tanks everything around me. I'm literally doing that thing that Bible bashers do, where they'll open and just hope that God said something in the Bible <laughs> about like, oh, my testosterone levels might be lower, so that's why I feel shit. Do you know what I mean? I'm looking you for any. An answer, I want an answer. Know. And I don't really ultimately think there ever is an answer, is there? But you you touched on it there. Of you, you call them like your pillars of things that you do that are mm. like, you know, your basics. If you get these done, at least you've made some form of achievement in your day, in your week. And that's like major, major important to Even keep going. Even though I don't see it. That's- yeah, you don't. Yeah, you don't see it, but you're still doing it. And that's mm. really important that you're still doing it. And you've pushed me to do that so much, haven't you? And I, hours, baby. Yeah. So there's a couple of things I've, I've started that uh, really, I suppose, one that's contributed to my anxiety recently and another one where I'm like using it to combat that in a way. So I've recently started training MMA, haven't I? Hey. So super exciting. I do Just because she wants to wrestle slags. Basically, <laughs> literally, my interest started off from doing fight club style things. Somebody we knew at the time, it's before I met you, wasn't it? They used to do MMA themselves and they were bringing that into the kink scene and having that fight element in it and I absolutely loved it and at this point I'd never hit anyone or done anything like that in my life I'm a proper wimp so that started and then I met you and you'd done MMA in the past and you had an interest in it and then we just like have a bit of rough and tumble every now and again and it's really fun so I was like yeah I need to get better at this especially after fighting our friend at an event not too long ago we'll say Bilbo Bilbo. yeah Um, I was like I need to get better I need to have a did you mention Um, that on the last podcast I think we might have done. I'm not too sure. If yeah, a bit of a if you didn't listen to the last podcast, uh, if and and maybe if Lan didn't mention it, basically we'll call her Bilbo. Mm-hmm. Uh, we was at a certain event somewhere in the Midlands, and they hosted basically a girl on girl scrap between Lan and Bilbo. Mm-hmm. When each round got progressively more naked and got progressively more sexy. And, things were inserted, and then big old dildos <laughs> started coming out of nowhere. And one was used as a weapon. She went a bit oh, Bruce Lee with it. Do you know I what I mean? I had her in a guillotine with a double-ended dildo. Yeah, he was choking her out with a double-ended dildo. Yeah, 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 I forgot about that. And I was like holding, like full-on holding her up with her head so everyone would look at her and be like, yeah, the shame. <laughs> and she gets off on that anyway. She, she was loving fuck. it. <laughs> little side note. She'll be since... loved that we're speaking about her now. The oh, I like... know, she will. And little side note, since we did the last episode and started calling her Bilbo, somebody that knows who listens to our podcast has now started calling her Bilbo with the dildo. And I think we need to extend it. I think that's brilliant. Extend How funny. The dildo. Yeah. yeah. Back to what I was saying. Yes, started doing fighting. So kickboxing and BJJ, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, for anyone who doesn't know. But it's been hard. It's like being the first, like your first day at school as a little kid and walking into the classroom where nobody knows you got no friends and you're really shy and embarrassed. And I am quite, I can be quite a shy person. I think mm. when people normally find that really hard to believe. But when before I know somebody, it takes me a while to kind of get going. So just being kind of battling that and you're just like, you just turn up, just go and do it. And the minute you leave, you feel better about yourself. And that is so true. So just trying to push through on that heavily. And then your little miracle wonder cure for everything in life is have a cold shower. Have a cold shower. If you've got erectile <laughs> dysfunction, have a cold shower. <laughs> I, I know I sound right now, like all the Joe Rogan lads, you know, fucking supping down my athletic greens and fucking athletic and, and praying at the fucking cult of Wim Hof. But I did it. Mm. I've done it now for so long mm-hmm. that like genuinely when I say this, it fucking... It's like part of my routine. It is. You do it every single day. I have a and shower and then I have a cold shower. have gone on to me about this for so long, probably since I met you, and I'm just like, can't do it. Can't even think. Like, the thought of standing in a cold shower have is just not Have you tried it, Jamie? Yeah, it works for sure. It does. Fucking rightly so. So mental health, initial, like, what is it, dopamine that's released yeah. as soon as you do it. You get out of the shower and you feel freaking amazing. Um, it's a challenge, and this is my thing that comes into every element of life. If it's a challenge, I'm going to do it. Yeah. If somebody challenges me to do it, and so you're like... The problem we've got here now, though, is I was originally going to do a waterboarding scene with her with hot and cold water. <laughs> so like, And, and the, the cold water was supposed to shock her, but now she's just going to be I'll like... Now I'll be like, oh, no, it'll still shock me. But yeah. then I'd get used to it. Yeah, you'd be like, so all it is like, is you get... Yeah. You get well. We say cold shower. We'll have a normal shower and then just turn it cold at the end for as long as we can stand. I've been setting little time limits on how long I can do it for. Well, I don't know why we're giving a fucking on a kink podcast. We're giving <laughs> guys having a fucking cold shower, but and I can already hear people moaning about how much I've been swearing. Don't worry, we've listened to yours. I'm gonna keep swearing though. Fuck you. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> uh, the thing about it is right. 
it it we're talking about this in the sense that it helps us a little bit about mental health. All the science mm. is there. Go out and look for it yourself. But like, there's little practices that everyone and I know that it's every you fucking hear this a million times a day from a million different podcasts or whatever. But like in the kink world, I will round this somehow into putting it into bring it back, bring, bring it, back. it into kink. <laughs> a lot of people use kink as a placebo effect to to get to have a better mental health. They'll go out and get beat up because it makes them feel better. Girls will go out and do stuff that's bordering on abuse yes. and with people that they don't really care about and don't have any connection with mm. just because it makes them feel something. 100%. Which is where I think it's a good segue for us to even talk about now. We we know a lot of people. We, we've been around a lot of people. I've been around a lot of girls in the past that uh, you can tell straight away, especially guys as well. I know guys do it as well as mm. like a power thing. I know at one point for me, it was like a bit of a fix. And then you you have to get comfortable in saying that to yourself and going, I'm using this now not for something sexual, not for something that's like like um, a gratification in a sort of nice way. Mm-hmm. It it's becomes something. It becomes something more like not sadistic. It's it's more something to be concerned about. Mm-hmm. One of my friends recently, we did a Q and A on Instagram, didn't we? Um, oh yeah. And then thank I you was... by the way if anyone sent anything into that. Yeah, really really fun to do. We'll definitely do them every now and again. Um, and but one of the questions, and I know who it was, it was from one of my friends, and we had a bit more of a discussion about it separately. Was around mental health and when you feel in that way, and then also does it become a form of self harm and a way to deal with it, which is what you're saying here. Um, a lot of it's horrible to say, but this is from our experience and what we see in the scene. A lot of girls, and I would say mostly from what I see, um, have previously been people that have self-harmed. You see scars yeah. on people everywhere, like loads of people we know. And that's always been a concern of mine because I've never felt like that, which, like, thank goodness, to, you know, and touch wood, that never happens. But I've never turned to something like that as a, as a way to, to release or anything. But they are doing that in the scene just as they would have been when they were younger and they were doing it in the bedroom themselves. They're reliving the same thing. It, they really are. They're just doing it in a different way and it becomes more acceptable because they're doing it out in public with people and they think that they're just doing it for the right reasons. But For really, a sexual end. They're not. So yeah, yeah. Maybe now because I'm a bit older as well and I've kind of got over the sort of like initial thrill of kink mm. and doing anything just because you want to try it once and whatever. Mm. Trigger warning for anyone who's listening. We've done a bit of cutting, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And you've cut me, I've cut you. Mm-hmm. And at no point did I ever get any flags from you that you were getting off on the fact no. that I was hurting you in that respect. Mm. You were getting off on the fact that there's an intimacy to that. Yeah. I get off on the sure. fact that there's an intimacy to that. Mm. Not in the Jeffrey Dahmer way, by the way, if you sit fuckers <laughs> and things. Do you know what I mean? Like, that, all right, maybe not. a little bit. I'm not going to put your head in the fridge, though. Do you know what I mean? It's a bit different than that. But like... <laughs> Cut me up and put me on a sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feed you to the neighbours. Your neighbour's too nice for that. So <laughs> I'm not going to do that. But I have noticed that when we do it, it's a very passionate, loving, almost like vampire novel-esque. Isn't it? Thing. Yeah. That's what gets you off about something it. Something else Twilight. It? Yeah, some, it's like it's like you didn't have the, the full emo experience growing up, do you know what I mean? Don't but know. I've got some things that I can't really I'll probably never disclose on this podcast, but I have got stand-up bits about what someone did. Should I just say it? What well, I don't know where you're going with this. When I was younger, uh, there was the emo girl that I was dating. Sorry guys, if this is a trigger for anyone, by the way, I'm just gonna fucking put that one out there. We'll right put a trigger warning on the episode. Yeah. Um <laughs> the when I was younger, the girl that I was dating that carved my name into a leg. Oh god, yeah, okay, yes. Yeah. And it sounds really bad. Mm. I have made a stand-up bit about this. Sorry, Jamie, mate. <laughs> the first thing I thought I made is because one of my favourite bands is Mayhem and they've got an album cover of where one of their members had blew his own brains out. The first thing I thought at the time when I was in this like little shitty metal band was that I'd make a sick album cover, like the pictures <laughs> she sent me. Sounds so bad, and but I'm just, I'm just being honest. You know what I mean? At, at the time, I don't think that now. I think she, you know, I, I'm just trying to be a positive mental health fucking guru here. Do you know what I mean? She uh, obviously did that. Now I think that you know, I hope she got the help that she got to. I hope she she's not got Jake carved in a leg anymore. Mm-hmm. To, to be fair, yeah, we definitely see it in the scene, and I think when definitely when I started, I had to know in my own brain, and I had these conversations with myself. Am I doing this for the right reasons? And I did have moments where I doubted myself and I was like, I'm a bit low and I'm going doing these. So one of my things was when I was going through a bit of a tough patch, I genuinely did tend to go to kink events more. And I was like, why am I doing this? Is it because it's a distraction or is it because I want to hurt myself when I'm there and I'm with these people? Yeah. And on reflection, I do think it was a distraction, but I don't think it was a healthy distraction at the time which is great to look back at in hindsight. Now I know to avoid doing things like that. But yeah, I definitely think it was something I did, but it wasn't from a harm in Very different situation now though, isn't it? Because you're in a loving relationship. Mm. We'll, we'll only now go to events that we really want to go to. Yeah. And that's for our own reasons as well. Do you know what I mean? Like we just 
we just don't get what we want from events in respect of terms of we want them to be sexier. So we're not going to go to every fucking event that's under the sun now. Yeah, we've definitely um, cut them down, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, but also, mm. like, if you told me, like, in the time over this last month or whatever, if you'd have told me, Jake, I really want to go to an event, even if it's with or without you, do a scene, uh, like, that was somewhere along the lines of something related to pain or something like that, I probably would have said to you, are, are you sure that's yeah, right Yeah, is this right the now? right thing? Yeah, and, and we've got each other to check in on that, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm. Like you, you, it's it's different in my respect because I'm I'm okay with you going and doing certain levels of play mm. with people, like non-sexual play at events and whatnot, and mm-hmm. you've got some cool stuff coming up yeah, uh, in I'm doing respect that of that. Mm. But where your mental health is at now, I wouldn't feel sad or like concerned about you doing that. Mm. And I also know that the people that you're doing it with really give a fuck. Yeah, and that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I'm, I would never just turn up and, and do what they'd call pick-up play with somebody that I didn't yeah. know. They would not know me well enough to pick know Pick-up plays when you with play me. with randoms, by the way. If you just yeah. turn up to an event, a lot of single girls tend to do it. They'll turn mm. up to an event and they'll just get beat up by anyone or, you know, they'll do fucking cutting with randoms. I wouldn't recommend that one. But never. I, I, yeah. I don't so, really do recommend Do you know what? There is certainly ever, levels but... of degree to that, though, isn't there? Like, in terms of pick-up play, that like some people are willing to do because they're concerned about it. And I'm mm. glad that that's the case in the kink scene. But then there's some stuff where even I see it at an event and I'm like, does that person know that person and is this kosher? Yeah. And do they really understand what that person wants? Like, Oh, yeah. There's like protocols to follow, isn't there? When you do something in that situation, you ask all the right questions or whatever. But yeah, there's yeah. bound to be things that you would miss. For sure. Yeah, yeah. It depends what type of play it is as well, to be fair. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Severity yeah, is really that. important. Moving on swiftly. Okay. We have actually got a topic that we did really want to speak about on this episode. Yeah. Because a lot of people shown a lot of interest in it online when we'd mentioned it about yes. where we are with it. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we we on the Q and A we briefly spoke about our opinions on Polly. Yes, we did. Yeah, I suppose I'm going to do a little like segue from the mental health to what we're about to to come on to here. You do that. You yeah. be you be the uh, I'm be flight the professional attendant for this in the one. room. <laughs> um. So yeah, our mental health over the past few weeks that we've just said wasn't great um and we are currently seeing or we have only once to be fair seen um a unicorn which was touched on last episode um we're gonna call her jay for the purposes of of, uh telling this story and i will try not to i will try not to say her name (laughs) um yeah but we were going to meet up with her about two weeks ago something like that now when things weren't great it separately, like with with each of us, were we? And I said to you at the start of, oh, I yeah, think this it was is the really week, good point. Yeah, yeah, leading up to meeting up with her, of if we're still in this position, I don't think we should meet up with her. And um, we had a really serious conversation. Well, not serious, just an honest and open conversation about why that would be. And I said to you, it's like, as much as I still think we would all have fun. I don't think we're in the the right headspace for this right now to all of us to be confident that it would just be fun. There'd be no additional feelings involved and none of us are going to get hurt, Yeah, you know? Um, So we said that, didn't we? And we were like, you know, if we were still like that in a week, whatever, then we won't see her. Luckily, we had a pretty good week and then leading up to it, we were fine, but then things went bad with her, didn't they? So we ended up having to cancel, which was a shame. I hope you're okay if you're listening. (laughs) But yeah, I suppose that kind of segues into what we're going to talk about. So ENM. Yeah. Ethical non-monogamy. Yeah, and where we're at with it. What is ethical non-monogamy? Oh, You've got a better I'm voice really to explain this. Because I will explain it in layman's terms and make it sound really I bad. I will too. So ethical non-monogamy, I suppose it, it, it says what it is in the name. It's just not being monogamous, so not just being with your partner, but in an ethical way. So that could mean a lot of different things. Most people would refer to it, and I think the most common uh, use or well, term used in this case is an open relationship. Yeah. But it also that can mean so many different things. Like all of these descriptions, I think it depends how you want to use the term. Because we would use the term probably of we're in an open relationship, but there's always a caveat, isn't there, of then how we do that. Mutual pleasure. Our thing from the get go, what we said, anything that we're gonna do, we will do together in any capacity. So mm-hmm. if we're having another girl involved. It involves both of us being involved mm-hmm. in that ethically, where mm-hmm. we both understand the rules around it, mm-hmm. and we also both agree upon it, mm-hmm. and we're both sharing that experience, yep. which we did with Jay. 
Which is fucking great, by the way. Your poor <laughs> living room after that. <laughs> so we are like, we're open to meeting with different types of people as long as it's together. Yeah. Girls, guys, couples, very open to these situations. Less so guys, because that doesn't give a lot for both of us. I'm bisexual, you're not. So yeah. it's beneficial for us both to have another girl there because we're both going to enjoy that situation. We're both eating, Heavily. if you put it my way. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas a guy, it'd be more just, let's destroy Lanny. Yeah, <laughs> right and there's a, right time, there's a time and a place for that. Do you know what I mean? If, if, like, if we got in a really big, you know, a lot of couples every so often they'll be like, oh, fuck it, you just want to have a bit of a romp this mm. time round. And if it's the right, again, with the vibe check, with the right guy, someone who we got along with, I'd feel comfortable mm. with that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Again, that it. someone knows your limits, someone who knows you. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That, that's, but again, this comes down to us also on the mutual pleasure things. Mm-hmm. If I'm not enjoying it and you mm, are, then we ain't. We won't do, you know do it. I mean? Same goals if, 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 you, if you wasn't enjoying it and I am, mm-hmm. I would, that's where we cut the tie. Mm-hmm. That's our caveat yeah, yeah yeah that is our caveat we so we're in an open relationship but we only ever play together you yeah. call it mutual pleasure but i think it's better described as only together yeah yeah uh-huh and then the other thing that we do as well is um generally speaking we want if we're going to do this with somebody it's going to be somebody that we actually like want to hang out with like we want them to be our friend yeah, we want it's not just somebody that we're just going to bang every now and again yeah. we you know we want to be able to communicate with them go on dates with them which is i think we talked about in the first episode of like um we love a good date yeah love going on dates like that's a really fun element that when you get into a relationship and you are monogamous you don't get to do it anymore and everyone gets really jealous you get date night but it doesn't have the same uh, no. uh, initial first rush does it of no, like going the excitement. on that date. and also there's a, there's a really unique quality of like being on a date with your partner with someone else mm, mm-hmm. there's a hot element to very it very hot like it, and you can't really explain it like we got up to some stuff in a certain famous dive bar in Manchester <laughs> got kicked out <laughs> so for, for reference not for here, the reason that you'd think either I'll, I'll, I'll tell the story yeah. and I'll tell it in, in the shortest possible term <laughs> right the date was going great with Jay uh, mm-hmm. we got to this bar and it's one of our favourite bars Things got a bit more drunk and a bit more hot and heavy and started leaning more towards the sexy side of things, right? Mm-hmm. And then I gave you both a bit of a command, did I not? Mm-hmm. To go away. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put my suit and tie on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's for you fuckers, you cringy bastard. Um, I gave you a bit of a command that I knew both of you would get off on. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure the girls listening here can probably guess what I said. You used to popped away to the toilet mm-hmm. to have some time with each other, shall mm-hmm. we say? Yeah. Right? I don't know why I'm censoring myself. You went in there to lick each other's pussy. <laughs> I don't know why you censor yourself. You never censor yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sat there with my drink, just thinking, oh, I bet they're having a whale of a time. I'm there just enjoying the vibe, enjoying the music. The next thing I know, Jake, we've got to go. I come running over to you like, we need to leave now. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck have he done? <laughs> so I'll tell you what happened. You hear that story, you think we're getting kicked out because they worked out what we were doing in the toilet. It weren't that. They thought we were doing drugs in the toilet. Yeah. So yeah, we went in and we were like queuing up. There's a queue to get in there. It's a unisex toilet as well. And the bar staff comes running in after the both of us had walked into the toilet and they were just like, one per cubicle girls. And then we were just like, oh no, like we'll only be in there a quick minute, whatever. We both went in, came back out and the bouncer was stood at the door and he was like, you need to leave now. And we were like, we didn't do anything. We actually didn't do anything because we knew they were going to shout at us when we came out so we just went to the toilet and walked out just a little way yeah just two girls having a wee that Absolutely happens quite regularly it. by the way it, well yeah but yeah. in this bar clearly they were just like on it with drugs and you know wood. my other line of work uh i see it all the time yeah you know yeah, yeah. um i do security as well but i won't tell you why <laughs> you can guess Stalkers. i do security yeah <laughs> just tell them yeah i don't mean it really matters adhd all over the shop today uh-huh. um yeah so like that happened mm-hmm. and then I don't know, we just took the party home, didn't we? Like, we were just we like, did, yeah. well, it's gone that way now, do you know what I mean? And we are like, fuck it, I'd rather just be somewhere anyway where we can all fuck each other anyway. <laughs> we did go somewhere after that. <laughs> yeah, we, I know we did stay out for a bit. I, I, I have a little brief memory of like us getting a bit kissy and a bit handsy in a few other places. A photo was taken of us by, you know, like photographers that walk around in bars, clubs. It's not even a club, it's a bar. Yeah. It's just a big bar. And there's a photo resurfaced, didn't it, a few days later that it taken of us that we all forgot about. Oh, yeah. And so Jay had like dark coloured, dark red lipstick on, like almost black Like lipstick. a matte. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And our, oh, it's so embarrassing. The picture, all of our faces are just like red. The whole bottom of our face in front of our mouths. It was incriminatingly good because at some point in the night as well while we was in said club a guy came up to me and went is that your girlfriend Mm, to meaning who meaning you right and i went yeah and then he went is she your girlfriend as well and i went no 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 we're just having a great time and he went he patted me on the back and went good lad and just walked off (laughs) 
So that what you just said there, I putting perfectly leads into polyamory, and you were like, you'll explain oh, right, polyamory. Okay. So right. you. Go, so you've done ENM. You've done the cool one there, right? Okay, I'll explain what I believe polyamory to be. Someone can be polyamorous, right? And they can be ethical and they can be good people. I'm going to say that outright before you all bite my fucking head off. They do exist. They do exist. <laughs> people J- can I believe do Jay it well. identifies as that. However, however, some of you fuckers, <laughs> and I say this without holding back, are really taking the biscuit. Right. So, we're talking couples that can be together here, right? So, uh, a guy, girl, guy, girl, that could all be in a relationship together. We could talk about a guy that has multiple female partners. We could talk about a girl that has multiple male partners. We could talk about a guy and a girl that are two separates that have multiple partners and whatever else, play partners, in various different aspects, right? Mm -hmm. However, do I believe that that always works? You do not. Fuck no. (laughs) I'll be real with you. Right. Spinning one plate's hard enough. Yeah. Spinning two plates, manageable. Spinning three to four plates, I think Mm -hmm. you're a narcissist. Mm-hmm. my fucking podcast I'll say what the fuck <laughs> I want and do you know what if you want to prove me wrong I will have this debate I will have this conversation with someone but genuinely and I, I did just preference this by saying at the start of this I do think you are out there living in harmony somewhere yeah. there's a few of you out there that are listening to it and being attentive and loving and I don't doubt that for one second mm. however do I think that that always works not no. really and it's not not everyone's cut out for it at all no. and I think people would like to think that they are do it and find out they're not I'm a perfect example of that. I've tried this. <laughs> your your experience of it alone is fucking... It's not often where I hear an experience of something that's happened in your path that makes me upset for you. Mm. But it, that makes me upset for you. Because really? that's not the way you should have been introduced to something like that. And I never really actually wanted to go into it. It was just a situation of circumstance, right? Are we talking um, about example one or example two here? <laughs> example one wasn't actually me being polyamorous, but it was my partner. I'll skirt over that. It was my partner... At the time, he probably wanted to be polyamorous, but never had that discussion with me and just went and did it anyway. God cheating. <laughs> yes. That's what it's called. He was just cheating and pretending that it was kind of okay. And it was the person that introduced me to kink, so it was very bad. So that situation ended ended terribly, but that's not really the one I'm talking about. It's the one where I actually got into a polyamorous relationship with two other people. I don't I feel like, just before I go into it, that we've not fully explain exactly what it is and the difference between that and open relationships and i would always just say it is you're in a relationship with these people they are your boyfriend and your girlfriend and you have multiple of them yeah it's not just somebody that you hang out with every now and again like we wouldn't ever say that jay is our girlfriend no we're not polyamorous she's a friend she's a friend that, that we, we really enjoy having sex with yeah <laughs> um so yeah this is a it's a form of commitment it's a lot more serious than just having fun so yeah when i did it i met somebody online started dating him and he was also dating another girl at literally at the same time and was open and honest about that from day one literally and he also was open and honest about the fact that he wanted to be polyamorous and i was not really sure how i felt about that but i was like well i'm enjoying dating him let's just see what happens he might decide that he doesn't want to see her anymore and it's fine i'm open to new experiences so maybe this would kind of suit me i don't know but realistically when i look back i know from get-go on day one when i found that out i didn't love it yeah and I probably in hindsight, probably should have stopped it there. But at the same time, I was like, yeah, it's a challenge and I'll see how I can take it. So, yeah, he carried on dating the two of us. Then we were, And then it got to a time where I was like, we mm, should we meet? So me and the other girl, we met um, and we got on really well. We played together the first time we met, the whole all three of us. And then for a good few months, we were all together. Now, realistically, in that situation, I was in a relationship with him and he was in a relationship with her. But you two we were two were separate in, in, in a way. We were in the sense we hung out all the time, but we never felt properly that way about each other. Mm. As it got towards the end, we were more like, we need to work on this and we need to decide if we love each other, right? Because we were saying it, so I was saying it to the guy, she was saying it to the guy, but we weren't saying it to each other. So we started going on dates on our own, which is very healthy what you should be doing in these situations. We we got to that point, we knew it was needed. So yeah, we went out, we had fun. We started getting on more and more and that needed time to develop because we, if you think about it, we hadn't chosen each other. And I think, I still think that she's lovely, but like, and this is no offense if you're listening, you probably know I wouldn't have chose her. I would never, Yeah. I, 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 well, one, I've said since, I wouldn't now want to be in a relationship with a girl. I'm bisexual, but only in a sexual sense. I wouldn't ever yeah. want to be in a relationship with a girl. 
so yeah, it was hard because we knew we needed to to work together and realise if that is something that we wanted to make the whole little thruple that we were in, that's the term for it, work. Yeah, anyway, it got really, really difficult. My jealousy was just out of control. I found it really, really hard when they were on their own without me. If they, there was a time when I was in bed in, in the other room and they were in the front room having sex and I could hear it and I just, that gut feeling inside you that just goes... I'm really not happy Something's right now. Right is this is not right? And I was crying. It was just horrible. Yeah. And I really put myself through it for longer than I should have done. It really affected my mental health. I mean, there was other things kind of going on that's not really about the polyamory side of it, but I just don't think I was being treated very well. So yeah, the whole combination just didn't did not work for me. And it took me a while to get past that. To be honest, of everything yeah. that did happen to me, it affected me a lot. And in the few well months after that, before I met you, I was like, if I'm ever going to do something like that again, what do I want? And that's when I met you and we were like, we'll only ever do it together. So jealousy doesn't play that part. And that's a, that's an interesting topic in itself, jealousy in the world of like open relationships. Your like strength and versatility, though, after that happened, probably increased tenfold, didn't it? Because it took for you mm. to go through that to realise what a better situation would look like. Yeah, in my opinion, for sure. Our uh-huh. situation, in my opinion, because bear in mind, I had a lot of vanilla relationships before you. Mm. I'd been out of the kink scene for a little bit. I came back to the world with an air of jealousy about me, about the thought that maybe you would fall in love with someone else if we started seeing another girl or yeah. another guy or whatever, right? And yeah. there was there was that like vanilla world demon on my shoulder <laughs> yeah. telling me that that was the case. And then when I became more comfortable with you and we became more open about the idea of like, we're in love with each other, anyone that we bring into it, is a connection, but it's nothing further than that. It's exactly. a friendship and it's sexual. Once my brain had switched the, the kinky flip back on, mm-hmm. I was back there. And our agreement, when we started going into that world again, using the apps and stuff like that, we thought like anyone that we bring into this, like it's going to be for us, for pleasure, and that's it. Yeah, And that's the healthiest fucking way to be about mm-hmm. it. I would never bring anyone into the equation that I could see myself falling in love with. Oh, no. Yeah. Sexual attraction and love are very, very fucking different things. And yeah. I think they do have to be one in the same for, you know, the initial thing about us, you know, we're all fucking primates. The initial thing is you find someone attractive and then you fall in love with them over a course of time. Mm-hmm. I don't see that being the case though when you put those strict boundaries in place. Yeah. From, Whereas from with a poly one. situation, I'm coming for you again, guys. I'm going for the throat. <laughs> right. Do I believe that I could be in love with you and mm-hmm. be in love with someone else and be in love with someone else and that be hellfair? No, no, because the needs of you and someone else and someone else is three separate entities. Mm-hmm. I would not be able to fully be attentive and be a responsible partner mm-hmm. and hear and understand and listen to all of the needs in that equation without something going wrong. Mm. And I did say at the start, and you can fucking snap back at me if you want, I'm not doubting that there are people out there that can do it and more power to you. Do you know what? More power it's to you. It's impressive if you can, you know, in a very healthy way, manage all of them expectations that get put on you as a partner mm. and and still succeed at it like you are like a superhero because it's just yeah. not possible. Yeah, it? if you can do it, like I say, more power <laughs> to you. But I just, across the board, I've just seen so many horror stories. We don't know anyone that it's been successful for. Or he's not in some form of jeopardy in, in a situation ship. Mm. The main things that I always say are really important in these situations. Number one, communication. And that's relevant for any situation within a relationship. But I the agree. minute that you bring in an open relationship, ENM, poly, anything involved, yeah. that needs to be the one thing that you do all the time. Even if it's the slightest thing where you go, didn't really like what they just said then. Tell them. Tell them in that say moment. It. Hash it out every single time. If things go unsaid, and I know this from what happened with me, so many things went unsaid because I was like, it's not really worth mentioning. I don't want to upset them. I don't want to push them away. I don't want them to give up on me. I don't want to be the one that gets kicked out of the thruple. Yeah. All of them, if I'd have said it, the situations would have been resolved and I'd have probably just left sooner, you know, like in reality. Yeah. But when it's in a, in a healthy way, like that communication that we have when we're talking about it, we're constantly talking about it. Yeah. And whenever Jay comes up or anything like that, when we're mm-hmm. talking about being on the app, we're always just like, right, let's see, what do we want right now? Where are we going to take this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we happy to do this before we met up with her? If it goes that way tonight, what are we happy to happen? Yeah. yeah. All of that kind of thing. It's just constant communication. Yeah. I think we're quite good at it. Yeah, no, Pat we're really the back good at for it. Us. And also, we, hey, guys, you're, you're all going to be buzzing to hear this. We both just got clear SDI tests. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is it's also a win, really Jane, important. In our world, it's a win, mate. When you piss in that pot and she's trying to get blood out of me and I go lighter and nearly pass out. Mate, we need we a win. Like, we need a fucking win sometimes. He was sometimes. lying down on the couch. He's such a wimp. Such a it's horrible. It's fucking horrible. I've, I love blood. I've got a blood kink, right? I love cutting. Like it being... The second it's on me and it involves a needle or involves something spiky on the... It didn't... It's not even a needle. It's one it's of them... prick on the finger. What's it called? A lance. It's a boo-boo it? and it made me sad. It did make you sad. <laughs> Gave you cuddles afterwards. <laughs> You're so cute. And everyone wonders why I've got erectile dysfunction. Anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shout out so, to Blue Chews if you want to sponsor us. Um, <laughs> so should we move on to your experience with open relationships? Yeah, let's do the funny bit. Let's do the funny bit, right? We're, we're going to talk about each of us first experiences of threesome, right? And my reckon mine's oh, okay. well different than yours. Yeah. You Should want me do... to go first? Can I go first? Yes, Because mine's funnier. So, Jamie, <laughs> this is going to be great for you to hear, mate. Right, I'm going to draw the picture for you. I think I was about 18, there or whereabouts. <laughs> young. Yeah. And I was having a great time with two girls who I thought were my friends. Just like, a bit drunk, a bit wild, definitely some narcotics involved, which is always the case. And with like, <laughs> Yeah, well, especially at that age. Fucking hell. Jesus Christ. And... We were just listening to music, sat on a couch in one of these girls' houses. I'm not going to give them code names because it's too danger. It's too danger close. And both of them are very high professionals in certain elements now. And one of them suggested that we have sex. And I just thought she meant me and her, whatever. Okay. Then the other girl overheard this while she was putting something on on fucking Spotify or whatever, whatever at the time was. And then she went, well, I kind of want to be involved. And I thought she was saying it as a joke. Mm. And this girl all night had been giving me the sort of like, like pass off. You know, like every time I'd make a move on this other girl, mm. she'd be like, she's with me. You know what I mean? Like cock blocking you. Cock blocking. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was like, I kind of want to be involved. And I was like, you two can make an agreement right now. But if this happens, this is the first time I've done. I was dead honest because I was coked <laughs> so out my idea. chin. I'll be, I'll be straight up. I was coked out my fucking chin. And, and I went, this will be the first time this has happened. If you two are game, I'm fucking game. Do you know what I mean, mm-hmm. right? And my skinny jeans couldn't have been pulled off faster. <laughs> I swear to you. Literally, they started kissing. I got my, my jeans pulled off. The both of them that were doing the handy thing, right? It, by the way, fucking God bless double hand. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> double head and double hand job is like, it's like having your dick in a vacuum. It's just like, oh my God, this is like sensory overload. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, and I didn't premature ejaculate. That's a win, fellas. I can hear he's out there going, yes, lad. And basically, the whole night, really good, super, super sexy, all over the flat, the cr- everything that you want from your first threesome, and it was those who agreed on it. I was just a participant. And that's rare. It's normally I'm, at that it's age, normally guys a guy. pushing Yeah, it. this is mm. the thing. And every mm-hmm. time I've told my mates about this since, they go, nah, fuck off. Yeah, you don't insinuated that. You put a bit of coke out, and they were like, yeah, let's go. And I was like, no, genuinely, <laughs> I was the guy, I was just a dick in the room. I was okay. used. Yeah. I, was doing, I, was like, I, I was morbidly used, <laughs> and I came everywhere. That's how that's how used I was. No, it was great. Like it was a, it was a great fit. And then literally the next morning we got a Mackey's breakfast, win win, and then that's it. Like we just parted the seas, and like you know we, we were friends afterwards, and that's it. That's that, like the perfect situation. It was ideal. Mm. It was ideal, mm-hmm. but obviously like at that age that was like unheard of as well. First off, and it mm. was it was I just got out of a bad relationship and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and. It was kind of that, you know, that weird gap between where you're fucking everything until you figure yourself out and mm. then where you're ready for, like, something else again. Mm-hmm. It was in that time where I needed... And you know what, girls, I'll say it to you. Some girls out there um, will will have sex with a guy when they're in that stage and it will be enough to make them realise that, like, I don't hate everyone in the world anymore and I just yeah. need... Uh, like, it's... I, uh, it even, you're using your pussy power to mend a broken man. That is, what, that is what I will say. And genuinely, like, in that moment, with, like with those two, it was like restoring my faith in that. And it, all I thought it was a good night out and I was just out with two mates mm-hmm. and it ended up like that. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was and a everyone's great seen experience. it on Brazzers. No, imagine, ah, imagine, imagine, imagine. No, 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 it's such a typical video title. Though, it? Go on, what's yours? <laughs> Mine um, is uh, not as exciting. Um, it was when I just got into Kink, my second partner in Kink, who I'm still friends with. We're both still friends with now, aren't we? Him and his girlfriend. We'll call them the Doggers from now on on this show. Doggers. They do do it occasionally, so it's a bit of a nickname that's stuck for them, so we'll, we'll go with that. They're going to love that. And he loved having threesomes, right? And I'd never had one at this point, and he was just like, it was. he was suggesting it heavily. Um, so we went on to I can't remember the Fab. name yes it was Fab, Fab Swingers yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Fab, Shout swingers. Out Fab Swingers yeah <laughs> yeah so we went on there and we got talking to somebody and this girl she was 
stunning, by the way. Cheers. Absolutely yeah, yeah. I'm, stunning. I'm wild, You've seen a picture, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, we, we hit the jackpot first time round for my threesome. She's lovely as well. So, yeah, we just met up with her with the intention of this happening, obviously. Mm. So it's different. We didn't just fall into it. We kind of knew that that's where we wanted it to go. Went out for a drink, came back to my house, and, yeah, just things happened. And we met up with her a few times afterwards as well. And it was awesome. She was, she was a great girl. She was kind of getting into kink as well. So we had the element involved yeah. in the threesome that we had. But yeah, as far as first experiences go, it was good. I remember, and this is a real clear memory, on the first night that it happened and my partner at the time, the guy was sat on the couch with her and she was just riding away at him. And I was like, I was knackered because I think it had just been, like, I'd just been riding in? a summer. So no, so I, I got up and I was like, I need a drink. So I went to the kitchen <laughs> and they were just there and she was riding him. And I came back into the front room and I was just stood there like, oh, this is so hot. And I was just watching it like, I didn't think I was going to have that reaction. I thought I'd be jealous by it. And no, I was just enjoying watching it. Yeah. And then I went and chimed in and joined in. Yeah, and that, so that really shocked me and made me know that clearly I'm into this. That's a magical moment in a threesome though, isn't it? Where yeah. like, there's like a moment where it happened with um, us and Jay at one point where I just like, left the situation for a second to go and get some you went upstairs to get lube <laughs> i went uh, yeah like, I, I come back down with like 15 different things mate i got a bit excited i won't lie you I, went for lube came back I with come like back 10 down and used to her chiming on and i'm like oh yeah this is great and literally i'd run upstairs and i started going soft by the time i come back <laughs> i couldn't i was just like i could just watch for a bit here i'm just noodling noodling the wet noodle for a bit do you know what i mean but you did the same thing i think at one point where uh, she was going down on me for a bit and you was just watching and playing yeah with yourself. yeah i and, love like, stuff like that. that magical moment in a freezing is the exact reason when you know that it's not you're not feeling jealous you're like this is just hot it's just everyone in the room really just hot. loving this the other benefit to well uh, the ideal situation in threesome is if the if it is two girls and a guy the girls are bi because if they're not yeah it, there's nothing more awful than girls just waiting the turn oh yeah i've never done yeah. that i've never just waited for my turn i am in there if it's her turn i'm on a face yeah, or you know there's something going on yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. it's never just i will sit here politely and was your and favorite point in, in our one with jay where i was was it was i fucking her and you was underneath me do you remember yeah yeah Bit so this mate so <laughs> Sorry, <Jamie>. jay, jay <laughs> was in she was bent over she in, in doggy yeah you and then i was underneath her so my head was underneath yeah, her yeah, pussy yeah, 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 yeah. right yeah, and yeah. i was trying to lick that but i didn't really have the angle i'm not gonna lie and then i was like licking your balls and it, yeah. it was all it, it was an uh, the view the view Phenomenal. was something else Phenomenal. <laughs> Absolutely. It was like not even like what ten centimeters away from my face. Certified, and this will be the first one on the podcast. Certified top shagger moment. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> certified top shagger moment. Uh, first reasons for both of us there though, like both positive experiences, mm, and like overall, yeah, like always something that is big in our scene. I will say though, just to thought on that, you're saying positive experience. The one thing that I think in hindsight, I'm really great at these in hindsight moments. Mm. I think it's just because I definitely learned by doing and then realizing what I liked yeah. and what I didn't um, was that with that partner, we did it too soon in my opinion. So me and you waited, what was it, about six months before we even started We even said though, didn't we, that it? we wouldn't get anyone involved until we both felt our level of connection mm-hmm. was where it needed to be before strong we enough. could involve exactly. someone else. And prior to that, we had done some stuff with Bilbo, but nothing in the sense of like, this is just us mm. going out and like doing like that was kind of like the test run, wasn't it? Really, Bilbo, because she she's a friend. Um, we I already kind of knew her. Me and Bilbo had already had some experiences together. Anyway, yeah. you came in, and when you first met her, we were we were out and we were um a little bit high. <laughs> Things were going on. She dived on you to say hello, oh, yeah, and yeah. you were holding her like, and like curled up. Your arm was curled like in a bicep curl, and she was practically sat on your shoulder, snogging your face. Yeah, that's how he met Bilbo. Yeah. And I was just like, "This is hilarious. This is funny." So it's like from the get-go of you meeting her, it yeah. just like naturally every now and again we were in situations where we were like, "Should we do this?" Yeah, it kind of worked, weren't we? Yeah. But we never sat down and went, "Right, we want to have a like an open relationship now. How are we going to do this?" That yeah. just all naturally fell into place but the yeah. minute that we started talking about doing it and the minute that we met jay that was a very different situation we met her together for the first yeah. time and so yeah, on yeah. it was just different we were building mm. that connection together as well as like having a semi-regular play partner in mm. bilbo is, is a bit different because there are mm-hmm. going to people listening to this that might even be thinking about the first threesome or getting someone else involved even mm. in a vanilla capacity yeah and I would they say still if, have to be kinky if, if you and your partner 
uh, are having that discussion, guy or girl, whatever it may be, make sure that like you have the terms and conditions built in. Write <laughs> a contract now. It's, no, it's a genuinely like a discussion Loosely. where you go, yeah, both yeah. go, what do we want out of this? Mm-hmm. And if you're thinking about getting someone else involved, make sure that that person's on your same wavelength and both are used to are on that mm. same level of connection as well. You're doing it for the right reasons yeah. and it's both to be- to benefit both of you and to enhance both of your experience in, in terms of sex rather than one being more selfish than the other Or because I think that's the most common thing that people would get into a threesome. It's just like, well, my boyfriend wants one, so I'll do one. Yeah, don't you do that it? as well. Yeah, that yeah. happens. I, I, I learned that the hard way from when I was unicorning and we would, I'd speak to people on field, which is like a dating app for open people in general top shaggers and it would often be I'd be speaking to the guy more and I would always be like are you going to bring your girlfriend into the chat because I need to know that she's on board with this and I pushed for that all the time because it was quite common that either the girlfriend didn't exist for one and they were just having you on and trying to get you somewhere or whatever and two that the girl would just show up and take it and would just sit there and wait for her turn and I was not game for that it's not what I want at all so yeah things to look out for also yeah guys check in with the girl that you're doing it with like, make sure that, like, she's aware that, like, you and your girlfriend are on the same wavelength. Mm. Because, like, I know that it's all exciting having someone else involved, but that is another person. Mm-hmm. They're a human being with emotions themselves. Look at me being all ethical. I know. <laughs> I'm proud of you. <laughs> and then put it in a bum. Um, <laughs> moving on swiftly from bum stuff. I do want to talk about one thing that's, like, been... It's in fear with the mental healthy stuff, but it's mm-hmm. something that I feel like I need to address on this podcast. I read a lot online. I listen to a lot of pro male stuff online not like the fucking incel shit but like stuff about like men's mental health when it comes to sex and performance Mm -hmm. and stuff like that so like one thing i want to start talking about as well and having an open dialogue with even just for you to hear is like Mm -hmm. performance anxiety when it comes to sex and kink Mm -hmm. right this only happens for me when I'm in a sort of catastrophized moment in my life i've started to notice where something else is going on where I don't feel 100% right or whatever. And it happens sometimes day to day. There's always a voice in the back of my head, even with just like regular sex sometimes, Mm -hmm. where I'm like, A, can I perform? A, can I keep my dick hard? A, can I like maintain and do what I need to do in this? And I don't want to ever feel like sex is a chore. That's one of my main things. Sex is supposed to be a like a a like a bonding, loving experience, right? Mm -hmm. Or passionate, sexy experience, right? And more so over the last... I mean, I've spoke to, spoken to you about it briefly, on and off, since we started dating. Yeah, you I, are open to me about it. And, mm. like, I notice it more so... Like like I say, I'm 29, I'm not an old man. Do you know what I mean? But, like, there are times where I do think that, like, my body's not responding in the way that I need it to respond sexually. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking for... Like I said to you about the Holy Bible thing before, I will look for absolutely everything online to give me a reason as, is this not right? Is this not right? Should I supplement this? Should I be doing this? Mm. Like, I will look for everything to justify what it is. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to pose this question out to guys listening to the podcast. I, I imagine there's not a whole lot of guys listening to the podcast, but if there are, I kind of want to open like a, a conversation about this because like, I need to know that I'm not alone in this situation because mm-hmm. I do read a lot of stuff about it online and it is like a regular occurrence, but I don't feel like I'm at that point. It sounds really bad, this. I'm not at that point in my life where I want to be regularly using Viagra just to have regular sex. Yeah, but you're, but you're not needing that either. No, but... There's, if there's something there that's causing me like a block and if there's someone's found a way around it, if someone's, you know, happy to have a conversation about it, I want to know more about it. I, I know that guys are really embarrassed to talk about this and I'm embarrassed now talking mm-hmm. about it. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I, like, it's not something I would like to address, but I feel like I have to because this is our diary. I want to make sure that, like, if somebody knows something more than I do about this out there, that we can have a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. And if it makes me feel better and affects me in a positive stance, I will tell people what to do. Yeah, and we, we can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can save everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think a, a, a kind of point on this, um, and and one thing I've noticed with you, and then I've seen it from other people that we know. The doggers specifically have mentioned this. When we're at events and you're struggling in that yeah. sense, it can often be because you you're performing, but it's like you're the show pony, isn't it? At events, we've had this discussion. I get often, often. being an exhibitionist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, like when the time when the timing's right and the room's hot. There's nothing that's going to stop me and you from uh-huh. doing something sexy in front of a, a group yeah. of people. I completely get off on that, right? It is part of my kinks, right? Yep. However, at certain times at events, and I've heard this before from, like you say, the doggers and a few other guys, 
you do feel like sometimes that the vibe is not right in the room and you're just doing it and then you become the show pony. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying there is, it's really important this because like, I will not get my dick hard if I don't feel like yeah. the room is sexy enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds bad. Because you're it's not turned on by you. it. You've got this, but it's a whole package. I could be do- there doing all these insane things in front of you. But if you've got someone stood next to you that like is a really like, in your opinion, not very nice looking person, right? Which is usually that's the your opinion. Yeah. It's going to be throwing you off. Doesn't matter what I'm doing right in front of you. Yeah. It's going to be throwing you off. And I think you see that happening around you, and that's yeah. that does that is what happens in that moment. And there's been situations where I've just been like, right, well, let's change what we're going to do here. Let's do this, but then let's go into another room and, and do something different and then yeah. we can finish off there or whatever, haven't we? Like, we've yeah. got to work around it, I guess. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I get what you're asking here. It, it's one thing when it's at a kink event, but it's different when it's at home. Yeah. I mean? I'm not performing for anyone apart from you mm-hmm. when I'm at home. Mm-hmm. And if there's still something that's causing me a mental block, then obviously I need to figure out what the fuck's going on. Because mm-hmm. it is it is something I wanted to talk about on the podcast and it is something I want to have a more open dialogue about. But also as well, like, I'm looking for the answers. I'm on my crusade to make sure my cock's always good. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) That's a clip. (laughs) Uh, But no, it's like, I just don't want to be thinking about this too much and then make more pressure and more anxiety and more fucking bollocks around it. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, it doesn't need any more energy than it already gets. And it annoys me that it annoys me. Does that I think make sense? you give it too much already, which is part of the issue, yeah. if, if anything, isn't it? Therapy is expensive, so it's, I'm not paying well, for it's that. The, the more you think about something, the more it becomes an anxiety about that, and then the worse it gets, right? Yeah. It's, a, it's a perpetual cycle. Perpetual. Okay, we're moving on to kinky confession time. Kinky confession time. I'm excited for this. The first ever, by the way. Yeah, the first ever kinky confessions. We've had two stories. Well, one story and one question kind of story written in, which I've kind of curated. You've not, you've not read them, have you? No. So I want your reactions to them. So she's done this very specifically, Jamie, for both of us two to be like, "What the fuck is going on?" Right, okay, so story number one. Hello, guys. We spent a merry couple of hours this afternoon engaging in sounding, forced orgasm, and deep throat training. Deep throat is a new challenge for me, and I was bringing up plenty of mucus. He likes gagging. We both enjoyed the filthiness of it. Stickiness was everywhere. It was dirty, 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 glorious slutting. (laughs) My phone rang a couple of times, and I ignored it, annoyed with myself for not being on silent, but when I was stepping into the shower, it rang again. It was my former mother-in-law telling me that the police were trying to contact me. They had failed to contact me or my ex and had finally got her number. She was inevitably in a heightened state of anxiety. It seemed that my car had been hit by another vehicle while parked. The police were at the scene and had been waiting some time. I had to go immediately, so I threw on my clothes and made from my parking spot. My legs were still jelly and I wasn't thinking very clearly at all, but I tried to pull myself together. I would be fine. I could do this. It was raining. The cops and the driver of the other car were settled inside the front hall of her house and I joined them there. So that's her mother-in-law's house. As I entered the warm building, I became aware that I stank. (laughs) Not only my breath, but splashes on my chest and arms that I didn't have time to rinse. Hell, it was even on my leggings. It wasn't lovely, slutty, filthy anymore. It was fucking rank. I saw their eyes widen and their nostrils flare. The paperwork was completed in double quick time. I was bundled into my car and waved out into the street in minutes. Despite the rain, I drove with the window down. I imagine the owner of the other car opened a few windows in her house too. The moral of the story appears to be that a little of what you fancied doesn't just do you good. It also gets you out of trouble, so don't hold back. Then she's ended her story well her email to us saying strangely I actually enjoy throwing up on cock now not <laughs> just not just gagging but actually going at it until I regurgitate it's something about the overwhelming feeling of vomiting the loss of control and filthiness does that make any sense maybe not maybe the day itself just marked me so deeply that it's a kink now all the best for the podcast and I'm going to say the name because they've they've said we can serendipity and that's their fet life name if anyone wants to go and check that story out it is on there how funny <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. First off, more power to you. Right, do you know what I mean? Yeah. That is a, like, it takes a while. I mean, girls throwing up on a dick is like one of the biggest fears I think I've ever encountered with any sort of throat fucking action. I hate it. Yeah. I will not do it. But my first thought there was <laughs> a traumatic event has now become oh. your kink. Right? Yeah, interesting. You've empowered yourself. Mm. That's, that's a good thing, right? Uh, I don't know... If <laughs> I have no idea where he's going with his response I'm to sorry, you. I'm, try- I'm trying to be diplomatic about it, but there's no way around it. 
just say it. <laughs> oh my god, I think we've broke him on the first kinky confession there is. I'm, I'm gonna be real with you. I'm gonna be real with you, love. I'm not gonna lie. Right. Everyone knows that smell. So, <laughs> oh, so yeah. those coppers probably thought that they were about to fill out two types of forms if you catch what I'm saying. <laughs> Car accident and do we need to go and show me on the naughty mannequin where you was touched? I don't do you know think that. Because I mean? if you smelt sick on somebody, would your brain go to, she's just thrown up from gagging on cock? It wouldn't... It would go like, oh, she's ill or she's drunk and she's thrown up on herself or something, wouldn't right, it? Yeah, but you'd know something's off. Well, yeah. My maybe. Med- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, uh, also... I'm a dirty fucker. So my immediate thought is, is her hair tied back and has it got spit in it? I know what's happened. I know what's happened. How's her makeup looking? Is the mascara a little bit more emo than normal? Yeah. Yeah. And I'd probably give her the pat on the back and go, it's all right, we'll do the paperwork, love. You just get yourself in the shower. (laughs) Get in that shower that you were rudely interrupted from. I think it's funny. I like the fact that it has just become, you know, it's not put her off doing it in future. That's that's great. Because I I think it'd go one way or the other for some people, wouldn't it? I'd never do that again or whatever. But yeah, not for me, personal opinion on that. I I do anything to avoid throwing up, don't I? Literally anything. And I have done. I've thrown up on a cock before. It was mortifying. I feel like it's a rite of passage. But you said you just cracked on after you cleaned up. (laughs) Yeah, he was very dignified, although the sick was black because I'd been drinking and uh, I think it was black oh, sambuca. Right, right, okay. So they made it worse. And he just threw me a towel and he was like, just clean it up. And I was just there like wiping sick off his dick. It was... It was like Rocky thing. in the ring, just throwing <laughs> yeah, the towel at you while you're mid-round. <laughs> it actually was. It has scarred me a bit though. Oh, Christ on a bike. So I've had the opposite reaction to serendipity here yeah. of just being like, Your, let's crack on, yeah. we love it, it's oh, fine. Fuck me. Okay, right, we'll move on to the next one then. Round this two. is This is more of a question. Hello both. Me and my partner need your advice. We are both in our 20s as well. So basically, me and my partner had been together six years and I found out recently she's got a weird thing for my belly button where she wants to see it or play with it in different ways, specifically with her tongue or blow raspberries on it. She knows I've got an outy belly button where my belly button sticks out and basically I'm really self-conscious about it. I really can't tell if it's a fetish, a kink or just an obsession. I'm willing to explore this or go down the road of belly button worship or belly button fetishes with her if that's her thing. I urgently need your girls' advice, opinions, tips, ideas, thoughts on what you think it is that she is into. I also want to know how she can incorporate other play into belly button fetish play could she implement temperature play with my artist, specifically with ice cubes? And that was from someone I'm keeping anonymous as they've not stated otherwise. The first thing I thought is give yourself a little truffle shuffle into a belly button, get some Mackey's chips and just have a little dipper. That's disgusting. Do you know what I mean? You are disgusting. I, I'm filthy, but they're, they're talking about how to make it into a fetish, so I made it twice so, as bad. So wait, so she you dip the chip in her belly button that's got your cum in it and she has to eat the chip with yes. your cum on it? Yes. Okay. I have. I hope, I hope everyone listening to this podcast has just taken a nice mouthful of food or a nice mouthful of drink. If they're talking about throwing up on cock didn't get you a minute ago, then dipping Mackey's chips into jizz is probably quite up there. That's disgusting. Uh, as as kinks go, fairly innocent. Yeah. Almost childlike, and not like the I Jimmy Savile way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. But like, you can kind of like correlate how someone can develop a, a fetish sometimes like if someone's got a foot fetish it's usually because of there's like a power thing there right or there's like a there's like a, a worship of feet or something like that if someone's got like a, an, a, a talking into the ear fetish it's the sensory <laughs> side of things or something like that right if somebody's got a belly button fetish mm-hmm. Where does this come from? I have no idea where this comes from. The only thing I thought, I mean, do you I've... see the fucking issues we put up with, Jamie? <laughs> Genuinely, so like you'll be out meeting, like what you go on a, a kinky date with a kinky girl, right? And then out of nowhere, she's like, "I want to suck your belly button." <laughs> How do you fucking go up from that? Do you know what I mean? So I've had time to think about my answer on this, obviously, because I've read it previously. And my first thing is, you need to have a conversation with her. Because, like, you're asking here for advice about what you should do, whether she likes it or not. Ask her if she likes it. I don't think it's sexual. I think, because I do this to you, I put my finger in your belly button all the time. It's because I know it annoys you. Right. (laughs) Okay. So you're talking... I think that's what it is. It's just innocent, playful, messing around. Mm. 
but if she has got a fetish fair play to her maybe that needs exploring and then the the whole blowing raspberries thing i do that on your belly too an ice cube's quite a good idea though ice cube's temperature plays is always fun uh, sensations I w- i'd so. even say um t- if i was taking it seriously and someone said that this was a thing for them i'd even try and say get one of the electric things involved the violet ones or whatever they're called oh, yeah, there yeah. could be something there with that Mm-hmm. Wow, that was kinky the end of our com- kinky confessions. Kinky confessions time one went down really, really well. I know, say with some strong stories. So we need more. Keep them coming. I love kinky fuckers. We're all dirty bastards. Yeah, We're all doing stuff in you. dark rooms that, like, <laughs> you know, some people find weird. Even sometimes I'm like, would I knock about with you in a pub? Probably not. But if you was there licking each other's belly buttons at an event, I'd be like, fucking go on, lad. <laughs> Get in there. <laughs> get, get that lint out of it. Oh, God. <laughs> awful, awful. So if you want to write in and get your story read out on Kinky Confessions, um, you send in stories, questions, confessions, basically anything that you want us to read out that we can have a laugh at. So send them into whipsandgigglespodcast at gmail.com. That's whipsandgigglespodcast at gmail.com. And I will censor them so Jake can give his ridiculous reactions yeah i'll do my best also while we're on the topic guys uh we're looking in the next couple of episodes for guests so we're doing a bit of a call out now for guests we mm-hmm. have we have got some people in mind but if you've got anyone in mind and you want to send that over to us fire that over to the email address or contact us on instagram and we'd be more than happy to put some people in consideration while i'm at it i may as well plug the socials for you so mm-hmm. you are all aware of them so please subscribe and follow our Instagram and our TikTok. That's Whips and Giggles podcast on Instagram. And, and TikTok. And TikTok. Both of them. Yeah, yeah. Nice and easy. We are on both Spotify and Apple podcast. And if you could, this would be a massive help for us just for boosting numbers and stuff like that, guys. If you're mm-hmm. loving the podcast so far, leave us a review, share us, do whatever you can in terms of promoting us. We're doing our absolute best. This is obviously our side hustle. So we are trying to make sure that we can make this a main hustle at some point. At some point. That's the dream, um, eh? That's the dream. <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much for listening. And we're very excited about the next couple of episodes coming up. So please stay tuned. Thanks for listening, guys. And we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.